What's up, guys? Today is Tuesday. I think it's like February 8th. I finally edited this uh, podcast I did with Chris of Bed Rest, Good Villains, GVK, Bad Posture, Pretzels. He's in almost about every band here in SoCal. No, I'm just kidding. But he, very talented dude, um, super well-rounded musician, had to have him on there. I highly suggest to check out any of his projects if you haven't already. Um, we actually did a podcast like months ago, maybe fuck, maybe almost a year ago by now, but, um, there was a lot of like, I guess a little audio issues. So I thought, uh, let's kind of refresh and just meet up again. So, uh, nice enough. He, he was able to come by. Um, life has been pretty fucking hectic. I haven't really been in the mindset of doing podcasts for a while right now, which is, um, it kind of sucks because I felt like I was going on a roll with uh, with guests and I uh, and people I wanted to come in and um, I had some people lined up but now it kind of I, I need to find time to really re rekindle that fire to do it again right now but I hope everyone is well I hope life is cool I hope no one's really suffering it just feels like everyone's life kind of changed about eight months ago that's how I kind of feel like but um yeah let's get into the episode It's funny that some people get sick and then sometimes they don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. the regular vaccine fucked me up, so. It did? I'm assuming. I didn't, like, I didn't get a fever or nothing like that, but I got tired as fuck. Like, more tired than I've ever been in my life. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever done, like, Xanax, <laughs> but it was, like, taking, like, four or five bars. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. Dude, I, I, the only time I've done Xanax, I took half a bar and I was leaving the bar and it was literally at Stone and I'm walking to the train station. My friend has a video of it. I look like, like Grimace from McDonald's just in <laughs> slow-mo. And I, I, dude, I told him the next day, I was like, bro, like, I don't even remember like getting home really, like from the train. Damn. Like, yeah. I was just fucking out, dog. Like It'll do that to you. Yeah? Yeah. For a while, I was I was pretty into it, so I liked it. As in, like, full bars or something, or what? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, like, split a bar, put half in a fucking soda, chill on the soda. Like, you know, <laughs> like a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got over it. Is that, like, some lean kind of shit? Uh, no, nah, it's it's basically just Xanax, but it's like, I don't know, there's something about a way it hits when you uh, put it in a soda. It's just different. It's like taking a shot or something, like it just hits you right away. So I don't even know the science, if that's right or not, uh, but that's how it felt. Like something about the endorphins or the serotonin, like, yeah. like this is the way, yeah. Just something about it, like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I feel like I want to try lean because it's like a sense of kind of alcoholism but then like everything you put in is like once it's in it's in bro and i don't even know yeah that yeah i would definitely try it i've never tried it but all it's gonna do is make you knock out at the end of it all like nothing else is gonna happen you're gonna get sluggish and then 
you basically have to fight sleeping if you can get past the part where you're fucking sleepy as fuck then you're just gonna be like slouched out fucking yeah (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna do for your your dirty 30 dude obviously I'm gonna go to when we were young fest and I'm gonna live it up oh my fucking (laughs) god (laughs) I was telling somebody today you know who Zach Perez is no some photographer dude and he's pretty cool but like we're making you know all the memes from that fucking (laughs) like now they're just (laughs) infinite memes and stuff like I (laughs) I was like bro this flyer looks like a meme itself like it does yeah it just sounds like one of those like someone made it up like oh this is the dream team lineup and everyone's like fuck yeah and the fact that it's real it's like yeah like (laughs) this doesn't make any fucking sense it doesn't it doesn't two days same lineup both days it's just like (laughs) I don't know I feel like they missed some heavy hitters too uh who are they missing (laughs) <laughs> like under oath right you yeah they're missing under oath yeah uh circus survive yeah a lot of people mentioned the circus, circus survive, survive one um i liked chiodos a lot when i, I love chiodos yeah, a lot they, they ain't on there dude i uh, didn't know that my roommate was telling me because he's a big drum head but i didn't know the drummer from chiodos um is a drummer for cianvar i don't know if you ever heard of that band and he oh. drummed for a lot like birds i did not know that yeah, he's the same dude. He's an amazing fucking drummer. Yeah, no, though. he's insane. Yeah, that. the singer, the singer from Cianvar is an amazing drummer too. Yeah, he's a fu- he's a fucking sick drummer. Yeah, I, I was um, I was at this dude Johnny Lou's house and he was recording their demo, Hell the Sun. Yeah, and like I saw them like just jamming and I was like, dude, these guys are <laughs> like I don't even I can't touch that shit. Like they're so good at playing, just like so good at playing their instrument. Like I'll never. I'll never be like that. <laughs> Don't say never, dude. <laughs> I gotta get by on style. Like, those guys are technically, like, just fucking good, like, robots. It's like, not- how do you not overthink drumming, though? Like... I know. I think that's that's where you can't, like... You just have to just be in it, like... Yeah, really just riding the rhythm. You just have to have such good fucking rhythm. Yeah. And that dude's fucking singing at the same time? Like, it's ridiculous. Well, now he's not singing. Ah. Uh, I think he... Yeah, the guy that I, I went to or I tried to record with, his name Alan, he's from Montebello. He's the one that drums for them now. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, so he drums for them, and then the singer just kind of, well, he's, he got he's off singing. the drums, and he's just singing. The same thing with Code Orange. I don't know if you noticed that, but they kind of made that switch, too. Oh, really? I only listened to that first record they did. The, the I Am King, I Am King yeah. yeah. And everybody was like, this shit's so hard. And I thought it was hard, but like... Even just like that whole style of music, I just don't really listen to it that much. So. I don't listen to it either. Yeah. It kind of sucks because it's like a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played a bunch of shows with like all bands like that. Even now, like I just, like not to put like carried weight in that genre, but like I just played a show with them and like that was so random. I played with them twice and we're just like not the same type of band at all. But your homies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just homie shit, like, which is cool. Like you don't have to be in the same genre anymore <laughs> you know what i mean to play a show together like i know yeah we played with fucking rappers and <laughs> like fucking that band punk bands super heavy did you go to the the new year show i didn't go to that one uh no. i don't want to get covid i i wanted to go for that reason because i missed the first one but when i called him i was like dude like uh you know 
how where do I get the tickets? Like, do I get it from you or like whatever? And then he was telling me like, yeah, there's like two rappers and then us and then some other band, a punk band. I was like, that's fucking cool because the lineup's like, dude, all over the place. The first one, Goth Prom, carried weight like fucking killed it. They didn't put them on the flyer or anything, and I was like, I got them on there like last minute, and fucking the crowd went fucking crazy. It was like one of those shows where like flamethrowers in the fucking crowd and like they're lighting fires in the middle and fucking going crazy. Like, and then we had to play after them and I was like, dude, I don't want to play after them. Like they were so fucking good. Like, dude, that, that is the worst feeling in the world when the band before you is killing it so hard and you just know, like, it's just going to be different afterwards. Dude, yeah. That's like Like, being a stand up, and then like Dave Chappelle shows up. (laughs) <laughs> and he just like hits the set for like 20 minutes and then you're next yeah. <laughs> and you're just like fuck well like fuck bro what's up guys like i guess that makes sense for comedians to bring on someone who is shit shittier than them just for that reason oh yeah they do it all it's like definitely that's the thing they do like yeah. they'll put on somebody that they know is weaker than them especially if they're a headlining act yeah but but that's how it always works like they always have big names just dropping in like comedy store or whatever yeah and then people will get bumped and then you're like you got to go after fucking joe rogan <laughs> or whatever you know like yeah you got to go after louis ck before he got <laughs> canceled yeah yeah <laughs> when he was the the great the best <laughs> he he was though he's yeah, honest, fucking hilarious he is hilarious it kind of made me feel good to know that you could be older and have that kind of success and it didn't have to be young because i didn't know who the fuck he was oh yeah, yeah. younger like <clears throat> I especially just, in that lane of comedians like i feel like they hit their stride after 30 like there's no there's no good young comedians like they haven't like lived enough <laughs> to be funny yet maybe true <laughs> You ever thought about doing comedy? I would love to. Like, it was always, like, a pipe dream as a kid growing up. I used to fucking love... I still love stand-up. Like, yeah. it's my shit. Like, every podcast I listen to is just comedians talking shit, really. Like, but yeah, I've never, like... There was... I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I'm like, I'm gonna try to write some jokes. And, like, I literally tried to, like, actually write jokes. This was not coming for me. Could not do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a whole different kind of stage fright. Like that's that's like the ultimate vulnerability. Like trying to be funny in front of strangers. Trying to be funny and then you're really by yourself. Yeah. There's no one backing you with it. But then it's, I mean, well, music is kind of the same thing because don't you feel like you want to sound good? It's kind of the same thing as trying to be funny. I guess. I guess yeah, but yeah, I'd have to compare it to like starting music though yeah because i don't really remember how scared i felt back then because now it's like you got to show i'm stoked and like hey, cool you, i'll show up and do I'll you remember it. your first show i do yeah it was at a pizza parlor <laughs> <laughs> how old were you i was uh 14 and it was in a monterey park <laughs> monterey park what was it called it was, it was some spot called joe's pizza uh-huh and, and they threw shows there and uh my first man was called parallelephant <laughs> who thought of the name uh, i think it was our drummer uh-huh. uh but yeah it was just me a drummer and a bass player and we just played instrumental like noise tracks and did you sing no nah, no nah. no singing is a totally new thing for me okay like I, I i did do some vocals like we had like maybe we had a good amount of songs and i would sing on maybe one but it was always just kind of like oohs and ahs and i never had lyrics 
I was just kind of bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, and then that band turned into us trying to be like a prog rock band where we would just try to be like crazy or whatever. Yeah. But either way, I was just a kid, so it's not like I was getting super fucking down. <laughs> and that prog rock band, that wasn't the band we talked about before. No, no, actually, that was later. Um, me and one of my best homies. We started a band with two drummers and two guitars, and we were called LeBlanc Dames, after LeBron James. Uh-huh. And that was just like us trying to go as crazy as we fucking could. <laughs> and how far did that go? Uh, it was pretty fun. Like We played a couple shows, and it was kind of the same thing. Like The local shows were all like hardcore bands, so it'd be like a hardcore band, uh, and then us playing just like crazy noise shit. And then we did have some like heavier parts, and that's when people would be like, "Oh, that's sick!" And then it would go back to just like random tapping parts, and <laughs> like we invented our own tuning. Well, I don't know if we invented it or not, but we basically just fucking winded our strings until we found an open tuning that sounded cool. And we didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and we kind of just stuck with it. And we would write songs in that. And it was fun for sure. But then uh, one of the drummers quit, and then he was in the band Breather. <laughs> And then I joined that band, and then it just like kind of fizzled out. And that was the post-hardcore band we were talking about last time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Dude, so like after we had the first podcast, I went home and I looked it up. I was like blown away, dude, because I was like, dude, this is so sick. Like, <laughs> if I would have like known you guys back then, I would have totally been fangirling. Really? Uh, yeah. That, either or, or the other one, Oceans Abide. Oh, Oceans Abide. Yeah. Like, Oceans Abide was Oceans like Abide. us trying our hardest. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I got them confused, but fucking, o- yeah, it was Oceans Abide. And I was, I was not expecting that, bro. Like, I know you told me what it was going to sound like, and it did sound like that. And I was like, whoa. Like, this was like, uh, like... I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it to be that good, and I don't mean that. It, like, Thanks, it was dude. just really fucking dope. Thanks. Yeah, I still like. I like those tracks still, and like, that was the same guitar player and drummer from LeBlanc Dames too. Uh-huh. So it was just like the three of us being homies. But then when you're when you're in a band with such good homies, it's it gets like hard to do shit to get shit done. Yeah, because like all of us would rather just smoke weed and sit, bullshit. Yeah, and like just kick it, you know. Yeah. So that whole thing was. It was definitely fun and, like, also super stressful because I, like, took it on myself to play the role of, like, trying to keep everyone together and it's so hard to, like, manage everybody with, like, scheduling. Yeah. Trying to figure all that shit out and it was just a bitch. Singer ended up, like, kind of quitting and then our guitar player wouldn't show up to practice and then it just... Same shit, you know, fizzled out. Just the same way that all the shit all, all just, like, fizzled out. Dude, yeah. just fizzle out. But that one was definitely fun and, like, one of the most accomplished pieces of work I've put out with, with anybody, you know? Yeah. Because that shit sounds pretty legit. No, it, it, it really fucking did. And I think we briefly talked about... You recorded it elsewhere, right? Yeah, we, um, we drove to Texas and... Um, we didn't even know where the fuck we were going, dude. Like, we basically got linked up with this. It's, like, such a random story. Like, some dude that had seen me in the band Breather, um, he was in other bands that played around local shows. Like, I bet you probably played with them in Seditionist. Like, I, I can't remember their name, though. But the drummer, he, he I guess, like, booked people for this engineer in Texas. Uh-huh. And so, like, um, I was working at Starbucks in Simi Valley, 
and then I guess he lived in Simi Valley, and then his best friend worked with me, and he just like walked in, and he just kind of was like staring at me for a sec, and he was like, "Dude, you look familiar as fuck," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I thought the same," and then he was like, "Did you play in this band or whatever?" and I was like, "Yeah, but I'm in this band now." And we kind of just like kicked it for a sec, and I showed him our demos, and he was like, "Dude, you guys got to go with this guy, Robbie Joiner, in um in Texas." And I was just like, at the time, I was like, "Dude, there's no fucking way I'm going to Texas. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of fucking deal are you gonna cut me that I'm gonna do that?" And he was yeah. just like, "Nah, dude, trust me. This is like what you guys need." And then he showed me some of that guy's stuff, and honestly, like, all it was was like um more just like hardcore shit. So I had nothing to compare it to. Like I wanted to hear like clean guitar or whatever, you know. Yeah. All I heard really was like breakdowns and shit. And and this dude was in some band. They're called like they played like Warp Tour and stuff. They're called like Fire from the Gods or some shit like that. Isn't that a band now? Yeah, he's in that band. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that guitar player is the one that recorded that Ocean's Abide shit. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I didn't mention that last time. No, you didn't. But yeah, I had never really heard of them or anything. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, he he. Um, so he is a guitar player himself, and that's kind of all he had kind of recorded in that Texas scene. And so like when we showed up, uh, <laughs> I kind of convinced the dude to give us like a really good deal on the recordings because <laughs> that's the only way I was going to be like, yeah, all right, fuck it, like we'll we'll go out there because he was like really pushing us to go, and I was like, all right, dude. I think, all right, I'm going to take your word for it, and then let's just do it. Wait, we, wait, wait, how old were you then? I was probably, I was at Starbucks. I was probably like 20, this is probably 2014, so I was probably like 22, uh-huh. 23. Um, broke as fuck, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, so going to Texas to, going to, to, Texas to spend pay, more money. Yeah. yeah, but then he was like, well, I have a house in Texas with like enough rooms for you guys. You guys don't have to pay to stay anywhere. So we had the room and board included. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I guess it's a pretty good deal. It was it was pretty good between four of us. And we get there, and you could tell the dude was kind of like, <laughs> not to like talk shit or anything, but he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you guys got like a really good deal. So, you know, we'll kind of see what we could do. Like, he was kind of acting like that about it at first. And then when we started actually like, doing the pre-pro and tracking then he was like dude this is fucking sick like let's get this shit and then he started being like the super homie <laughs> and we kind of just like really connected with that dude that dude was super dope and like uh i haven't talked to him since so i should reach out to him ended up being like a really good fucking homie for a while <laughs> yeah yeah and he was like really knew what the fuck he was doing and like it's always hard for producers to get like a good uh vocal like out of the vocalist and mm-hmm. this dude just like knew how to work with him right like they just really came through and then um yeah <laughs> he was also a good guitar player like helped us set up our guitars before recording and shit mm-hmm. and just uh he knew his shit nice house too <laughs> <laughs> so he'd record from like noon to midnight and then kind of just kick it in texas but we didn't really do anything out there because we were just recording the whole time time, and the whole thing was done in a week so like it was it was killer on the singer to like try to record all the vocals in two days 
yeah (laughs) that was another thing like the the dude was like fucking chugging bottles of honey to just like not lose his voice yeah and like i didn't even really get at the time i was kind of like dude just fucking do it and now that i'm trying to record vocals i'm like dude my voice is gone after one track like there's no way i could have done that like (laughs) he really fucking killed it it's a different thing because it's like that your instrument's not like um uh physical yeah it is physical but mechanical like it's not built yeah yeah well it's built in you it's gonna take a different toll on you it it does and it takes a different type of like um it's like you know you build callus on your fingers like it's like a different type of building that like uh yeah just like because even playing shows sometimes i'm like holy fuck i can't believe there's three songs left like (laughs) i'm dead right now (laughs) do you think your neck got like thicker like, the time. <laughs> like how, does, how, does it, how does it work yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right so let me ask you like after talking about the vocals all right so when did you start doing vocals for bed rest and how long has it been since now that you're more like in, involved with it so for bed rest like it all just started as me and david um the drummer just jamming and honestly like no plans and no expectations so i didn't know if i was gonna sing maybe he was gonna sing maybe we we're gonna find a singer maybe we were gonna never do it again you know like we were just jamming in a garage this is early 2020 like before the whole lockdown and so like um one day i kind of just was like bullshitting a demo vocal idea where i was like fuck it i'm just gonna try to sound like you know bands i like I could I have a pretty low register I could sing like you know whatever and then uh I showed him kind of just like expecting him to hate on it (laughs) and he was kind of like dude this is sick like we should just like keep doing this and then I was like all right well we could keep trying and then the whole like doing it live I never had like played guitar and sang (laughs) so it was like a whole nother thing too I was just like fuck dude I fucking suck at this like it's so hard for me to fucking sing and play and then it just kind of like you know just like dexterity just builds it up and then we kept going through 2020 like the lockdown happened we didn't see each other for a little while and then when we came back together we, we got another guitar player we had a bass player who he had jammed with previously they were in like a sublime cover band together and they would mm-hmm. play like bars and shit Mm-hmm. and then um ended up just like that guy didn't really like end up wanting to do it as much as we did so like he kind of left and then my homie dylan who we always made music with like rap rapping and shit like yeah. he could play the bass like he could play the bass like not not like a he wasn't like a bass player but he was like fuck it like i'll just fill in for you guys and then filling in like turned into him just like writing parts for every song i wrote (laughs) and just like jamming with us and he's already like a good homie like me and david are already good homies like we have no like bad blood between us at all Mm -hmm. so it's easy as fuck to just work together and then um the guitar player paul he one time we were tripping on shrooms at his house and i was showing him like just early demos of shit that i wrote like the song that we dropped the music video for it's called see-through like, I had written that song a long time ago. And by a long time ago, I mean, like, 2020. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, we were tripping on shrooms, and we were, like, in the middle of it. And he was kind of like, dude, show me um, show me something that you, you know, you wrote. 
and I showed him that song and he was like, dude, I'd be down to like play with you guys. And I, and I had never even considered it because he was kind of a new homie that I had met through through another homie, the same dude that was in Ocean's Divide, Jesse, um, introduced me to him. And so I was like, all right, let's try it out. And then first jam was like pretty good already. And then we just kind of kept going with it. Dude's like super fucking easy to work with. Turned into like one of my good friends now. So like that kind of all just came together pretty easily for the first time. Because the last band experience I had, like really had, was that Ocean's Abide thing of like trying to keep everyone together and like literally making phone calls to one person like are you okay and this and that and calling the other person like are you gonna be able to make it to this or that and then now it's just like we jam and we jam (laughs) and it's like and it's good and it's consistent and we pretty much jam like every monday like we just all know to just show up it's kind of like a dad thing like oh you're gonna take your kid to soccer practice like now we're just gonna go practice today like type of thing yeah but um came together pretty good and like as far as singing though it's still just so hard (laughs) i feel like i've gotten down a lot better recording at singing but like for live shit we're just so loud that i still haven't been able to like project loud enough so like every show we've played i've screamed like (laughs) the last like i when we started i was trying to sing and shit and i would sing sort of in a higher register to make it louder and then i kind of just said fuck that and i've just been like yelling at every show (laughs) so like it's a totally different like dynamic and like people have told me like dude you guys don't sound the way you sound recorded like but i like it or this and that i'm like cool man i think it's just gonna keep going that way because i'm just gonna keep fucking yelling yeah (laughs) like because like i could i could do it and i could sing but i like when i don't know i like when the guitars are just like overpowering loud (laughs) especially when they're like fuzzed out and droney and like our drummer he hits fucking hard bass players loud i'm just like i could either do the whole like shoegaze thing where i'm like kind of drowned out yeah but at the same time it's like i can't even hear myself really so like i don't yeah. think anybody can hear me so like i'll just fucking scream and i'll just like well you think it feels better like when you're pushing through with everyone pushing through it does rather like, than just being sh- like yeah yeah shoegaze. but i do like the way that the recordings are kind of like different <laughs> yeah so it's like a different experience to see us live <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i'm gonna kind of just keep doing that like the vocals on the recording i'm gonna try my best to sing as good as i can yeah, and as yeah. far as like the live performance like kind of like whatever i'm feeling that day <laughs> is how it's gonna come out <laughs> do, you, do you ever write vocals <clears throat> or vocally in person with the band and then record it or do you usually do it by yourself and no. then you try it live with everyone else. I've never... Uh, we, we released one song. Um, there's a music video for it. It's called Make Your Bed. Uh-huh. That's the only song that I've ever like written with them. Like, well, we're just jamming and I'm just like trying to sing out a melody. That's the only one. Every other one, I've kind of written like a rap. Like, play the song. And I'm just like on my phone trying to take down notes. And a couple of them I just freestyled. <laughs> so, like, at least like rapping... Because, like, the last three years, I was just trying to record rap music. So, like, doing that really helped my, like, just writing skills and, like, actually being able to say what it is that I want to say. It was always, like, such a hard thing for me. Yeah. Until, like, I really started trying to rap. Because in trying to rap, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to be direct. And, like, yeah, I'll hit a rhyme, but it's still telling you exactly what it is that I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. So, it kind of helped me now where I'm just, like, I, I, I use that same 
mentality, I guess, to write the bed rest lyrics. Like, I'll just play the track, and I'll just, like, kind of just doodle in my head, brainstorm shit, just throw ideas out there. And a lot of the times, whatever I write down is not what I record. Like, it's kind of like bullet points, and then I'll, I'll kind of smooth it out in recording yeah. a little bit differently than than what it is written. <laughs> so it's like just a, it's just a process, you know. Yeah. How do you how do you like recording your own songs and not relying on anybody? Is that like a fulfillment for you? Or is it this is kind of like a, or now or like what it do you think that's kind of a struggle? Because we're we're always talking about the mix and mastering thing. Yeah, and I think last time you wanted it for this new record, you wanted to take a chance on it, and you ended up not doing it. I wanted to maybe reach out to somebody to do it, but then I ended up just trying to do it myself for now, at least. Which is just like such a crazy thing. I've been working on this for so long, and then when when it's finally done, it'll be the most music I've ever released, like as one piece. Like I've never ho- released a whole album. That's not anything I've ever done. So it's just like it's cool that I've recorded all of it, but at the same time it's so open ended. Like there's so much more shit that could be done as far as mixing goes that I'm like, fuck. It could totally be done right now. You know, if I wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it, at the same time it's like oh, there's so much shit that could be done. So in the back of my head I always think like if I send it to somebody, they're gonna tell me it's done. And then I'm like, I kind of just have to either go with it and I'll either like it or not, tell them to change some things or whatever, but at least like the idea of it being done is there whereas with me just by myself i'm like this could go on forever yeah like i could do this forever. i could do this and that i can make subtle changes for the next two three years of my life you know what i mean like yeah so it's really hard it's a really hard kind of question to answer because like i do love that i can do it myself and i love that i could just chill with each of the homies and record them and get the best performance that i can out of them but at the same time i'm like fuck now it's kind of just like all all here <laughs> it's yeah. like to do what I can do with it. <laughs> it's either you're really good to make one little recording or one track that makes a song, oh yeah, like an excitement, or you just sit there for hours and be like, yo, the original way was fine the way it is. Yeah, yeah, and I've definitely <laughs> had that moment where I'm like, fuck, sitting on my computer for hours and then I just ended up just like, well... <laughs> the raw was better <laughs> i just like delete all the work i've done yeah i feel like a lot of that with me is with vocal takes like like if i try to recreate a vocal take from like six eight months ago I'm like i'm not in that mindset and i'm not yeah. in that feel and if i try to like re-record one part of that song you could just totally fucking tell it's a different <laughs> fucking feel uh yeah dude that that i feel that for sure it's so weird but then i mean i don't know how about you but like are you like that kind of person that's like starts an idea records it doesn't finish it starts another fucking idea or do you or do you like to just full-on fucking i'm gonna finish it Nah, i'm definitely like i'll start a million ideas but most of them are like i'll differentiate like a beat like i'm like here's an unfinished beat a lot of the times if my mind is just wandering i'll try my best to just make beats because that way at least like if i can get a loop 
<laughs> I'm pretty happy with, with that. Like, mm-hmm. cause there's, there's days, dude, where I feel like, dude, if I don't do something musically, like I'm, it's just over. Like I'm going crazy about it. Like I, I get super anxious about not feeling productive enough with whatever I'm doing. Like I might just be watching the Simpsons for fucking four hours and I'm like, dude, I need to do something else. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, all right, I just need to at least get a loop. And then I just start with that. And then usually it'll just go unfinished and then I'll just start another loop. And then the next one I'll be like, all right, well, let me see what I can chop up and sample. Then I'll try to do that, get a good chop, sample, whatever, fucking throw a beat over it, put that away. And then like recently, I've been going through all my old shit that I've done like that and like adding bass parts to them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, this song is like nine months old, but never had a bass part to it. It's just like a guitar loop and a drum. Like, let me add a bass part to it. And like, oh, dude, maybe I could add a bridge here. And like, I'll do that a lot. Like, I'll finish shit that's old as fuck. Yeah. Like recently, I just like added a whole like chorus and bass part to the song that I wrote in like 2017. Is, is this like you or like Bad Villains? Um, this right now is me. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of unfinished like good villains shit too. Oh, good villains, yeah. My bad. Yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> a lot of that shit though is out. Like we released so much content in the time that we were like going hard. Um, from like 2017 to like 2020 we were like you could really hear the progression in that shit because like just starting starting a rap group was like mostly i just wanted to learn how to record period like before even starting that i didn't even know how to use ableton or make a beat or anything so it was like a huge accomplishment for me to like program just a fucking boom bat beep like that was sick as fuck for me when it happened and i was like all right let's keep going from here and like (laughs) started rapping over it and then getting the homies to rap over it's like a whole nother dynamic because then you're learning how to produce someone else yeah and you're like trying to get the best performance out of your homie and not just like tearing apart yourself (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah and then you're like all right well it's so much easier when it's just them because it's you're like this sounds good regardless of what they say I know it sounds good, you know what I mean? But they're tearing themselves <laughs> apart the same way I do yeah. to myself. So I'm like, it's easy to be like, nah, dude, it sounds fucking good. Yeah. And you kind of just kept going. And it's such a cool thing to do when you're just chilling. Because like, anybody could just hang out and drink beers all day. But if you're doing that something like that creative together, then it's like, well, now we're drinking beers and making art. And making art, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, you know, this is fucking sick. Are you, are you that guy like in the group that's like... You know how you said, like, there's always some derivative person, like, driving the band or, like, doing creative thing. Are you that guy who records? Like, you know, you come or do a lot of your homies record, too? Yeah, no, like, I think everybody kind of has, like, that thing, right? Yeah, we all produce, but I'm not nearly the best producer in my group of friends, you know what I mean? But I am the best at recording. So, yeah, they do come to me, like, all right, Chris will mix it, but, like, I'm going to make the beats, or whatever you know like i'm gonna rap but then can you record it i'm like yeah dude i'll totally play that role of like i'm i'll be the engineer because i like doing it and that's what i've been practicing and just like hearing it like both of you on headphones and it's fucking quiet in the room (laughs) and like you hear it good on the headphones and it comes out comes out fire then you're just like dude it's such a good feeling yeah yeah it's dope you're like bro that's me yeah (laughs) yeah I want to get good at that so bad, and then it was till like, you know, I was telling you in my room, like, yeah, I've had a cool experience of going to somebody, but then it's like, I'm so nitpicky about myself, and then at the end of the day, it's like, 
I have to be the one that does it. I can't rely on anybody else. And if I love music so much, like I say I do, or how I truly feel, why should I rely on paying somebody else to get me there? Like I should, I should be making it for me, and then not worrying about money, right? Like yeah, yeah. Like that's the that's kind of the epiphany I've been having lately. Like, but then it's so hard. It's like recording. Like you can learn a lot of tips. You can learn a lot by rules. But then at the day. Like, I tried with that song I showed you. All I did, realistically, was put on another song from another mix I had and just compared it. Oh, the bass needs to be louder. Or the drum needs to have more of a higher frequency right here. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. But then, at the end of the day, I'm nitpicking to this other song, but when you're just chilling and listening to other songs, they have a own different vibe. Yeah. Every song asks yeah. for a different something. It so, does. I guess, as long as the levels are kind of there, it's okay. Yeah, as long as you're not, like hitting any frequencies that are actually like harsh to the ears it's fine and i always have to like ground myself and think that like people will listen to a band they like like they'll listen to a harsh fucking mp3 recording of them jamming in a room Mm -hmm. like if they like it you know what i mean like there's bands that have gotten by with the worst fucking recordings and they're like they're huge you know and i always think i always forget about that to be honest and i'm like trying to like strive for this thing where i'm just like i kind of i think it's already done and it's like I'm just trying to polish what's already fucking done. You yeah. know what I mean? And then just like kind of take a step back and be like, fuck. Like I feel like right now I just realized like I should just drop our album. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> now, yeah, I want like, you to get in your car and go and drop it tonight. <laughs> I want to see it tomorrow on every platform. Yeah, dude. I I feel like it's pretty fucking close. You know what I mean? Like because I think about all this what what could be done, but then at the same time, like you could hear all the guitars, you could hear all the bass, drums are knocking, and you could hear the vocals. So it's like. I should just I should just be done with it already. Like I could sit there and like I said, toy around with it forever. But I've been working on it since last March, mm-hmm. which is honestly like probably the longest time I put into anything. Mm-hmm. Like period. Yeah. <laughs> like um. So I just feel like I need to get to a point where I'm just like, all right, I'm good with this. I'm good with it. And well, I, now are you nitpicking the the mix that you're doing? Are you nitpicking on individual tracks or like it needs a little something more, maybe this and that? Or are you just picking about the quality of it? It's more so like I think I got good takes and everything, but it's just like the levels, like making sure every single track is at the same exact level as each other. Mm-hmm. But then again, I've like recorded like seven, eight layers of rhythm and like five layers of leads and like two layers of bass and it's just like <laughs> so much shit there to look at. Where I'm just like, I could, I maybe I just EQ this one layer of guitar and not the other, and like I'll try to blend them and this and that, and it just turns into like a whole experimental type of shit that it's just like not really necessary. That's one thing that I've had a thought about. Like, okay, if I want to do this recording to myself, how do I even, like, when I'm thinking about working on one song, it's okay. But then when I'm thinking if I did an EP for myself or everybody or anybody, like, how do I make it all sound so cohesive? Yeah, yeah. I know. And the same, like, the way that I'm trying to tie things together, it all comes back to fucking hip-hop. You know, like, mixtapes that I liked... I really used to fucking like the... Did you, did you ever get into, like, MF Doom? Yeah. Shit, like, I really, when I was growing up, I loved that Danger Doom album. You ever hear that? It's like yeah. a bunch of adult swim cuts in between his yeah, tracks. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I want to kind of do the same shit where I'm just putting little cuts in between tracks to sort of tie them together, like a hip-hop mixtape. And that's kind of what I tried to do with Bad Posture, too. Like, um, 
having the interludes like interludes yeah. and just like little chops and like fucking i threw some like infomercial from like the 40s in there like mm-hmm. just like little chops and shit that'll sort of like tie everything together and it sort of just gives it more of like a stylistic like a, like a stylistic flow as opposed to like oh this is fucking you know professionally done and perfect where it's like I've realized, like, that's not really what I want. Like, I don't want this to sound like fucking, you know, the fucking 30th anniversary of Nirvana remastered 20 times type of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I think, yeah, and I kind of just came to that realization right now. <laughs> all yeah. This, uh, yeah, all thanks to this Paloma. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I hope this Paloma gets you inspired to just drop it tonight. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I mean, honestly, from what I heard when you sent me that link, it sounded great. And I heard it in my car. And I feel like Sweet. the car test is fucking real. Dude, the car test is real as fuck. The car test will fucking humble you. It will make you feel like shit or make you feel so accomplished. Dude, I, yeah, dude. Bass is just such a hard thing to mix, man. Like, I feel like that's a whole nother, like, fucking boss battle. Like, but it's a different level of boss. Yeah, dude. It's like when you think you beat the game, but then all of a sudden the boss comes back to life, and you're like, oh shit, I didn't actually win yet. And he's even and stronger. And he's like way stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like and, that's, and your levels are already down. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I didn't even get health back. <laughs> fucking, that's mixing bass for sure, dude. Because like, it's just so hard to make it sit in the pocket right with, with the kick drum and everything else. Like, it's just a bitch. <laughs> yeah like my old roommate like dude this dude fucking his job was recording people like all he did was fucking he was an engineer he had his own studio and he would always be like i fucking hate mixing bass (laughs) and i was just like damn i always told myself like it can't be that hard (laughs) (laughs) look at you now yeah now i'm just in the same exact spot struggling (laughs) addictions (laughs) yeah every day (laughs) just doesn't want to face the bass tracks (laughs) I just got a whole fucking notebook full of scribbles that say fucking fuck bass and <laughs> Dude, like, know, sit huh? in the corner by myself. Like It's just like you have no basses at home. <laughs> it's all fake bass. Yeah, dude. No low end allowed. Fuck that. Yo, when am I going to catch that first bad posture? Like the show. Like, y'all Dude, alive. who knows, man? I'm wondering the same thing myself. Are you guys right now just kind of doing your own thing? Yeah, like... Alex, he just got married, so, you know, he's doing his thing, being an adult. <laughs> um, me, I'm always down. Our, the guitar player in Bedrest is our bass player, so, like, he's pretty much as free as I am. Our guitar player, he just recently started working again, so he's got a bartending job. So he's, he's like, the busiest one. Who's the guitar player? The um, his name is Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he was in a, I feel like a douchebag. I can't remember the name of his old man. But they played around with a lot of bands. Like, I would see them on Bills all the time. Um, Wilted. They're called Wilted. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I remember um, seeing that name. And, and yeah, they were they were cool, too. Um, it's just drummers. Like, we're struggling to find a drummer. Um, Always. Yeah. Same it's... dude that was, like, in Ocean's Abide and stuff. We were jamming with him for a sec. But that dude's, like, ultra busy. And recently, me and uh, David, the drummer from Bedrest, have been trying to jam the Bad Posture shit. Uh-huh. And, like that's not his jam at all like he likes that kind of music but as far as drumming goes he's style, just it's a yeah it's different. not his style so why well, when it comes to the blast beats and stuff it gets blast a beats weird. like double kick like it's not really his shit but yeah. when we're jamming the songs we're kind of like turning them into like more hardcore punk 
uh-huh. type. So it's like the same songs, but just his drum parts are making them sound more like a hardcore punk band. Yeah. And I'm kind of digging it. Like, we did have one jam session with Alex, and he was fucking screaming over it. And, like, I was like, I could totally see this working. So that might be an avenue that we choose to go down. But as of right now, like, we've just been hella focused on bed rest. Because that's what we put, like, all our fucking work into. So it did not pan out with that one guy with that recording studio? Um, Or he's just busy? He's just busy. Like, I don't know if it didn't pan out or not. I honestly am kind of into dark about that. Uh-huh. But um, he he's, like, he's just hella busy. Like, all of our schedules are, like, we want to jam at night. That's kind of where we're all at. And he's not available at night. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of, like, throws a big, like, hindrance on everything. Just uh-huh. like, fuck we can't jam at night like we're all working all day like, every bro. day <laughs> yeah so, so yeah uh, i mean we just have we haven't really jammed in a while a couple months so most recently was with david and we might just keep doing that but like i was telling you my guitar is just kind of fucked up right now so even like trying to switch tunings like the low e is so fucking loud <laughs> so if i drop it then it's like even louder Dude, like it's even transparent when you're playing live like in terms of volume i hear it i don't know you know what i mean like I think you're going crazy dude no 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 you're no. having a van gogh moment <laughs> it's just like gonna haunt you forever it is dude. and you just next thing you know you're just a five-string guitar player in the- <laughs> <laughs> low ease is not there anymore dude it's funny i wrote one song uh on the bed rest album with only five strings because of that because like i couldn't demo it out right yeah (laughs) dude when did you start having this problem with your guitar um it's been ongoing dude for real yeah it's been ongoing and like i've had setups and stuff but it's just like it never it never works all the way like it's never a permanent fix yo you use the same picks always yeah like super heavy ones then why don't you just not i just can't use a thin pick <laughs> you can't go slightly thin i, I mean I, I i've tried like don't get me wrong like right now i was using just like a standard ass fucking pick that they give you at guitar center yeah i was like, about to say the guitar yeah literally pick. that's what i have on my guitar right now so uh-huh. like it's not like i'm not that much of a fucking tyrant about it but well, try, try a sam ash pick <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might change my life with that one <laughs> I, I'm very curious. I want to hear it for myself what your guitar does, but I'll ask a few few friends who who do stuff like that. They ever like come across anything like that? Yeah, I don't is know. it like terms of frequency or something? <laughs> it just it's so nah, loud. It's, it's definitely my pickup position, but it's like no matter how hard I screw the pickup in, it just doesn't do anything. So like I have a lower, feeling, yeah, to the top, right where it's at. Yeah, so like it's tilted up to the low E. So, but I have a feeling that the screw is stripped. So it's not going anywhere. So it's anywhere. not doing anything, yeah. Well, so, you have it higher up? Like, it's literally, like, tilted up. From the from the high E to the low E, it tilts up. So, like, it's like this. It's on a slant. Yeah, yeah. So when, yeah. It hit, when I hit the low E, it's, like, At the lowest pronounced. that pickup could go. Yeah, yeah. That to the point, so where, like, if I'm, to the point where, like, if I'm picking really hard, uh-huh. it's hitting the pickup. You know what, dude? You ever thought of just being open and changing the P90? It's the humbucker. It's a bridge. Oh, pickup. it's the humbucker. Yeah. What about the humbucker? Then you want to change that one? Uh, no. <laughs> you like the way it sounds? I dude, I love the way it sounds. Like, yeah. I, I hardly even use the P90 anymore because I, I just I don't know. There's something about that pickup. It's it's like so, and it's funny because it cuts a lot of the treble out, 
and it's a little bit flat, but I love it. <laughs> it's just like got that sound, and like I haven't really found other guitars with the same that sound the same. Mm-hmm. Like my other guitar player, he's got a standard telly, and when I play it, it just doesn't have the same like like oomph that mine does. <laughs> yeah. Like I've played tons of guitars, dude, and recently I was looking into getting another one. Like I was telling you, I was trying to play a Jaguar for forever, but. That new Fender neck just sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm still a- <laughs> trying to figure out what I want to do. Honestly, I want to go back to my roots and get a Stratocaster. Even though, like... um, Like... I think we talked about first guitars. Was your first guitar Stratocaster? Yeah, the Squire fucking... Yeah. Squire bullet. Like, I want to go... Like, I want to go back to it. Maybe I'll come for full circle and it'll be a therapeutic, a therapeutic thing for me. Like, oh, yeah, I could finally move on in my life. Because, you know, like... But, like... um. I really want to get one with the humbucker, like oh, on the yeah, bottom. Yeah. I think they're so fucking sexy. They are. And and I was thinking about getting just another Fender, but like this catastrophe with this neck, and I know that's how they are. Um, my buddy, his his old bandmate, he builds guitars, and he always tells me all the times, like, "Yo, if you want me to Frankenstein these two guitars, like I would do it for you." Nice. So I always have that in the back of my nice. head. If you ever want to, I, I could put you on him nice. too. Yeah, yeah. But think about that. Like, why spend so much money? But if I could pick out, I love that neck. I love that body. I love that pickup. I'm not gonna go drop a grand if I could spend less than that. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even matter to me like whether it says Fender or not. Like the, all that shit is. I mean, my guitar now is a Frankenstein guitar. Yeah. None, none of the parts were like standard at all. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. that part caster and they part put caster, on the, Craig, yeah. the Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> parts caster. I remember yeah. I had to ask. I was like, "What do you mean by part parts caster?" I don't know like how young I was, and I'm like, "Oh, we just pretty much it's not a legit Fender." I'm like, uh, "Never mind." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pass. What's the serial on the back? It's just like a salvage title on a car. <laughs> 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 I'm good, dude. <laughs> That's now funny. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. now I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a hot rod. That's it's like, <laughs> like it's fucking custom. Yeah, but um, yeah, I always say I that the Strat's just like that's the best fucking neck that there is. Like that OG Strat neck. Yeah, feels so good. Fucking sounds so good. I just hate the way it looks. What do you ever get all nerdy when you hear a record? You're like, wow, this is really good quality, and then you want to see who mixed and mastered it. Um. Honestly, like, no. I, I have, maybe for, like, real big shit. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a lie, because I have done that. And I have also, like, done super nerdy shit, like, different, listen to the different master versions of, like, Black Sabbath Volume 4. Because uh-huh. it's been, like, remastered so many times that I'll, like, compare the, like, oh, the 14 remaster to, like, they just released a 2021, I think, master. And I'm just, like, trying to hear what they did differently. But I never really go far as to looking at, like, who did it. But I am, like, even just, like, <laughs> I said Nirvana earlier, but, like, they did just release <laughs> a remaster of Nevermind. Uh-huh. But there's there's a remaster of Nevermind that already exists. And the other day, I was literally, like, comparing Breed to Breed, which is, like, the nerdiest shit you could do, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just, like, literally comparing the quality of these recordings. <clears throat> and, and some of them have, like, substantially different shit going on. Uh-huh. And some of them, like the Black Sabbath one, I would say, like the OG recording really captured the nuance of their playing and the remasters of it, like clean it up too much. Yeah. And that happens a lot too. Like they'll, they'll get too clean. Yeah. 
And loses then, like, character of what yeah, the, what yeah, the exactly. Album, like yeah. loses the character and like style. Like as I've gotten older, I've realized that like I I prefer like a good stylistic choice over any sort of like professional like super good sounding shit yeah like the best guitar player like you know could be fucking steve Vai or whatever <laughs> but some dude that could just like play with fucking style and like i just dig the way that he plays like that's so much cooler to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no definitely did you well because you mentioned Nevermind. did you hear about that the kid who was on the album and he always <laughs> yeah them? dude what a fucking i don't even know what to say about that I fucking he, can't stand him, yeah. bro. Like, honestly, like... <laughs> They're a fucking idiot. Like, dude, like, sue your parents. They gave the consent for you to be on the album if you're really that fucking mad, but it's like, not only is such a... One of the greatest albums of all time, in my opinion, and one of the biggest groundbreaking in music, but the... The album cover itself was already groundbreaking because it was like, what the fuck is this naked baby <laughs> yeah, in the water? Like they just threw this kid in the water. <laughs> yeah, chasing a dollar. <laughs> so, or not chasing, but yeah, but like, I was just like, why are you mad about that? I'll be so stoked. And yeah. it's not like no one, hey, are you that kid from fucking Nevermind? <laughs> and it's funny because there is pictures of him like chilling with them and like, He's just like all stoked to be with them. Yeah. So now he decided now at he decided, thirty years old that you're just not don't want to be a part of it. It's such a fucking your fucking yeah. flop, dude. I hate you. Yeah. It's funny that like I got to the age now where like, dude, growing up, I fucking loved Nirvana. Like, that's how I learned guitar. Like, I wanted to learn smells like Teen Spirit so fucking bad or whatever. Like, I loved Nirvana. And then you hit the phase where you're like, Nirvana's lame. And then that's how I know I'm old again. That's how I know I'm old now because I'm like, ah, oh, Nirvana's sick again. <laughs> like I just like I, I love him so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my homie he uh, he's a big uh, Nirvana fan, but very particular in Bleach. Oh yeah, yeah. That, they're basically like a different band, Bleach. Yeah, dude. Like honestly, I didn't really give that album a shot till he told me to, and then I heard it, and I was like. There's a lot of qualities in this album that were ahead of its time in terms of heaviness and rawness. And the drummer before was pretty fucking amazing, too. Yeah, yeah, dude. I feel like in Bleach, you really hear his influence from, like, Mudhoney, the Melvins, and those kind of bands. Like, they really come through in that, like, super fucking dingy grunge sound. Like, they, yeah. they, they, can't, they have, like, the fuzziest fucking... It's, like, the shittiest distortion, but it just sounds fucking sick. Like, Negative Creep, when I was growing up, I used to think that was like the hardest track like that song is fucking sick it is hard and like yeah you could really hear his um because he always said that he fucking like loved the melvins and shit and like i feel like bleach sounds like a like a melvins album yeah yeah compared to never Nevermind and what incesticide and all the ones that came after yeah they kind of turned into nirvana like the nirvana everyone knows but i was even showing david like this, it was the same thing because like we were just listening to Nirvana and I was like, dude, do you ever do you ever listen to Bleach? Really? And he was just like, you know, I, I've heard a couple songs or whatever, and I was showing him tracks, and he's like, dude, he sounds like a completely different fucking band. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, dude, this is like what they were going for at the time, I guess. Yeah, but I was really into them. Like I had a Nirvana fucking box set, and I would just like watch random <laughs> like YouTube videos of them performing live or whatever. And like it had a DVD on it that just had like shit that I'm sure you could find now. But at the time, it wasn't online or anything. It was just like cuts of like their first show ever on this DVD, and I thought it was like the sickest shit. 
<laughs> That's how I felt like with Metallica. I had the, it's called A Year and a Life or something, A Year and a Half. And it was them making the Black Album. And it was very fucking like uncensored. Like they had like a whole whiteboard like that. And it was like written out for 12 tracks, like bass, guitars, done, whatever. But each name of the song, it wasn't a name, it was a different picture of a pussy. <laughs> and like watching them and then, and then like i also watched some kind of monster uh, i don't know if you ever seen that yeah some kind of monster is iconic dude yeah <laughs> it's like the best fucking comedy that there is <laughs> it is and it's so sad too it like is, dude it's honestly the greatest one of the greatest band documentaries has to be because they are like in a fucked up position and then they're finding a new bass player and then they're all talking about it they're with a therapist that's there yeah, with them. I know. It's like... Dude, and they're just like bickering with each other like so much. Dude, it literally feels like if South Park made a Metallica episode, and it's that's that. some kind of monster. Yeah. Like, they're literally like the South Park versions of themselves yeah. in that shit. And like fucking even... And it's serious shit, too. Like, the singer goes away because he goes to rehab, right? And then he comes back sober. It's like a whole thing, but... It's just so funny. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like Lars is just a fucking douchebag. Like the whole time, he is a just like can't douche. those. <laughs> there's like this old YouTube video of like him introducing his snare, like his signature fucking snare. And they're just like, yeah. So what are some like you know qualities about your snare? And like all he says is like it's really loud. And, like, I just like it because, you know, it's really loud. <laughs> and, like, like that's all he has to fucking say about it. He, like, doesn't know anything. He obviously just, like, picked it up for the first time. Yeah. People, oh, this shit sounds loud. People love to hate on him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I feel like that one was, like, it has a just cause. He's, like, he started the whole anti-Napster thing. He fucking... Uh, it, that's so crazy <laughs> itself, too. Just being very, like, hateful of, like, no yeah no, yeah no way like, like i know we're the biggest band ever right now but no <laughs> yeah it's like fucking ridiculous but but i mean growing up dude the black album that was like an integral part of me just like learning music like i loved the black album i saw metallica live as a kid and like changed my life like i loved it so you saw sick. them live yeah, dude, I saw him like Summer Sanitarium 2004. Uh-huh. So I was in like the fifth grade or something. Uh-huh. And it was like, the bill was pretty stacked for the time. It was like Mudvayne, Deftones, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, and Metallica. You're a dick, dude. What the hell? It's like the <laughs> sickest lineup. Dude, it was honestly sick. Like, at the time, I didn't even know who Deftones were. You know what I mean? And like, uh-huh. they came through hard, and I was like, this man's cool. Like, at the time, I could not appreciate that shit. Uh-huh. And it's funny, because, like, even till now, like, they're still not one of my, like, favorite bands or anything. But I definitely see the influence that they left on, like, so many other bands. And, like, so many people that love them. Like, I see the, the imprint for sure. They have a style. Like, when oh, you, yeah, when you hear, like, Chino and that kind of realm. And then I, I heard there's a lot of beef with Chino and then Steven Carpenter, like, the guitar player. Like, just on terms of, like what's gonna happen for the band like the decision making on riffs and stuff really have definitely changed yeah cause like the older Deftones is really hard and really riff um like heavy but then you notice like people like that melodic and kind of soft stuff and then it's yeah. kind of like it's always a battle between it I could see that yeah I and like the- Deftones like when they're like I don't know it's like yeah 
most people like get mad at me because I, I always say like I like the self the self titled album. Uh-huh. Like I think that's the best shit that they've done. Uh-huh. Which is like people would be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like their old shit's better or their, or even their newer shit's better but i really liked that one album and that was that was like their k-rock album <laughs> but i feel like for the time that it like came out and my age when i was hearing it i was like oh yeah this is it <laughs> <laughs> but but um when i did go to that concert lincoln park was like my favorite fucking band so like that's who i was like the most stoked to see and they fucking killed it and they ended up using like um that was like the same tour that they did their like live in Texas DVD. I don't uh-huh. know if you ever got into Lincoln Park like that. No, nah, I don't think I've seen that. I mean, I love Lincoln Park. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, live it was DVD. like it was like the maybe like a year or two after Meteora came out. So it was like that was like their prime. <laughs> yeah, and that and that was sick. Limp Bizkit was fucking sick too. <laughs> Dude, did you hear that new album? Limp Bizkit? Yeah. Nah, no. I didn't. Nah. Dude, that first riff blew me the fuck away it was the heaviest riff i've heard in a while and it was a new Limp biscuit song <laughs> oh, i'm gonna show it to you after yeah I'm, I'm it was so sick it. and then i kind of was talking about it with my homie and he was like fuck what's his name right now the guitar player fuck i gotta is, look it is up, it right? west is it west west borland yeah so he was telling me like how sick he was like for Limp Bizkit because the shit he was writing there was a period where he they didn't have Wes Borland you could tell yeah and then uh, I remember Wes Borland because I was I was a big from first to last fan and he uh, played bass for them at a certain time period oh, from, I from, didn't know that yeah there's another band that's missing from the fucking uh, When We Were Young Fest from first to last <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that I was gonna say that earlier yeah like they should have fucking reunited for that shit like that yeah, would have made they, it so much cooler <laughs> dude for real like um have you ever been a fan of them honestly no nah. I mean like, I, like when I was growing up I like learned Emily cause like I knew that girls liked it oh. but like that's the extent <laughs> of my uh from first to last knowledge yeah and yeah I never really got into them but I, I know that like my the singer in one of my old bands was like homies with the drummer and apparently like they're they're all in a band now like the members that aren't skrillex and i, I can't remember what they're called if i die first oh yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah i haven't listened to them or anything but... they're like completely like taking that that vibe that early 2000 screamo vibe like it's just that uh, okay it's still sick i think that's cool though because like it's they, not like yeah they did a, a a song or like with uh, See You Space Cowboy. I don't know if you know that band no, either. I don't. They kind of have the same vibe, and they're kind of a newer band. But they kind of like. Um, I'll show you later. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, fucking nobody really sounds like that now. So it's cool if bands are going to come out like that now. <laughs> like it's going to come out refined sounding because all those recordings back then were like the worst it's it's funny that's just like i was saying like dude we were saying chiodos is sick but like their first album was recorded like garbage sounds like fucking shit but it's like it still slaps (laughs) and it's like it'd be cool to hear the a new band come out and play that kind of music and like have cool recordings and shit yeah yeah because like no matter how shitty those recordings were like i still bumped them oh yeah yeah like i loved it yeah that first fucking Shiotos album was so sick. Which one was that one? Was that it's the, the one with like 
I might be wrong. I think it's it's the one with like uh, there's no penguins in Alaska and fucking. Is that one day women will become monsters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, that was the first breakdown I've ever heard. It was one day women will become monsters. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Damn, I can't remember the first breakdown I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> we need <Yeah>. to know. <laughs> yeah. know. It, it could have easily been that, or, or if not, like Fall of Troy. I was like pretty into the Fall of Troy at one point. Yeah, are Which, they playing that festival? No, but they should be. See, there's another fucking band that should probably be on that. And the Sound of Animals Fighting could have got back together yeah. <laughs> and played that shit. Like, I'm sorry, but Attack Attack should be playing too. They should, dude. Oh. I remember the first feeling, like, dude, hearing Stick Stickly for the first time, yeah, like was, back in the day. I was like, all right, there's no rules to this shit. That was that was groundbreaking. <laughs> it I, was. I saw a whole YouTube video of how Attack Attack really changed the game in the music because they're the one that brought. Or kind of made alive the auto-tune vocals, but not only that, they did the crab core thing, and they did the synchronization of of getting down live, the the V-necks with the all black, like they really every single one of them, Tom, yeah. Tom's fucking, they were rocking the the scene mullet, yeah, <laughs> like like every band wanted to be like them, even though a lot of people hated them, yeah, yeah. They, they're the pinnacle of the fucking metal. It's pretty scene. cool. Yeah, they're kind of like the you know the new school of rap. Like everybody hates on new rappers, but they're huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of the same sort of lane of like, yeah, this is fucking weird. <laughs> and like, yeah, it might sound like shit, but also like, give it a chance. <laughs> All right. What's the artist you listen? You've been listening to a lot lately. Uh huh. Honestly, like. It's hard to say. Like, there's this rapper. His name's Mike, and like, I listen to him so much. He just named Mike. Just Mike. Yeah. And like, you, uh, you know who like Earl Sweatshirt is? Yeah. So like, he um, he's like homies with Earl. And he, he like drew big influence from Earl, and like, uh, it's kind of in that same realm of style, but at the same time, they kind of like have become homies and they bounce each other, bounce off each other a lot. So like, the new Earl sounds a lot like Mike. <laughs> which is like just I don't know like one time or a couple times uh, during the pandemic me and Dylan who's a bass player in, in Bedrest like we would drop acid and just like look for music to listen to that sounded good on acid and like Mike just like spoke to me <laughs> like that that became like the staple of like whoa this sounds good sober fucked up tripping doesn't matter like he's just so fucking good his beats are so fucking good like it's just dope um, there's this band I really like right now called Standing on the Corner, and they're just like next level fucking band. I don't even know how to describe them. It's kind of like they've gone through different like uh, band formations and shit. They used to be a full band and stuff, but now it's just like a keyboard player, a stand-up bass player, and a drummer. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of just like I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like jazz. But they, but it's also kind of like hip hop. But it's also kind of like indie rock. <laughs> it's just like they're they're super weird. And I'll show you them um, when we're chilling after this. But um, they fucking are an amazing fucking band. Like as far as like writing and composition goes. Yeah. Like I feel like there's no one touching them, dude. There's no one that sounds like them, and like no one's really even fucking heard of them, which is crazy to me. Like they have this one album called Red Burns, and it has like people on it, like the people that they're friends with are like crazy like they're friends with like mike which i just mentioned and they're also friends with like the, that band crumb 
Yeah. You're listening to them. Love Crumb. Yeah, Crumb is fucking... That's another one, dude. I've been listening to their newest album a lot. Um, honestly, like, I didn't like it when I first heard it, and it's, but it's grown on me, and it's fucking sick. The first album? The newest one they just dropped. That one, I'd probably have to revisit then, because I felt the same way when I first heard it, because I love the EP so much. Dude, it's so good. Their very first EP, the one with Bones on it. Is that the one with the hand on it? Lock it? No, the one before that. Okay. Have I know there's there's two EPs. The one before that, well, I mean, the one with Lock It On It is fucking sick, and, and that music video is so sick, too. Uh-huh. Is this the but, one um, just the waves? Like, it's yeah, blue? yeah, it's like, yeah. A, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dude, that album is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but their newer shit, like, at like first listen, I kind of just dismissed it. Coming back to it again, it came up on, like, one of my Spotify daily mixes, and I kind of just dove back into it, and I'm like, dude, I really like it. I like that they took more of like um they they definitely like tried to produce it more. Yeah. As opposed to just like jamming out like yeah. which is what it sounded like before. Like they were jamming out and it was also cool. But now it kinda of feels more like calculated, I guess. It's really good. But I was talking about um standing on the corner. Fucking amazing band. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I gotta check them out. Fucking yeah. amazing. Um I don't know. It's kinda hard because and I've also been listening to like old emo shit too. Now that that festival got announced, <laughs> what are you listening to? <laughs> like right I was listening to Emerosa on the way here. Which Emerosa? The um the Johnny Craig Emerosa. He has so, like, I think two albums. Yeah, with so them, I right? was listening to the second album with them. With the fox on it? No, no, no. It's just is it a fox? It's like blue. I think it is a fox. Yeah, yeah. It's like all blue and it's orange. It has a. Uh, there, I just remember one with a fox and it's like a mirror I think looking at himself in the desert or something oh no no this one's like all blue like the cover is blue uh-huh. and I think there might also be a fox on it I might be wrong uh-huh. but man I used to love Johnny Craig <laughs> yeah. that's another one like uh, his voice was sick yeah dude, did, like, did you post that meme that was like the when we were young fest and it said and Johnny it's Craig like doing, ODing in the yeah, parking Johnny, lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit's hilarious bro it's Johnny Craig up, does man. heroin in the parking lot <laughs> yeah dude um, yeah. I mean the dude had a voice for sure um like I liked him I liked lower definition a lot and I've been listening to them again yeah and they're a random one like I feel like more people should know who they are and like everybody who I ask who's into that kind of music is like no, I've never heard of that band yeah which is fucking weird like I thought they were sick they were fucking amazing I tried when, when I had the, the guitar player on and he was talking about it he's like people didn't get into that album until five years later and that really blew my mind I was like fuck cause like I think I was one of those people who got into it later but why like why did it take so long yeah like, and I listen back to that album a lot, like, if it comes through, like, on my shuffle, and I, I never get tired of it. Me neither. I, I think it's just the, the combination of the guy's voice and the music was just not happening, like, before. Like It wasn't. It wasn't. And, like, nobody ever sang over Chugs. And he was, like, he was almost singing, like, a fucking, like, a, like The weekend or something like that <laughs> over that kind of music, which was, I thought, sick. Which is kind of like what Johnny Craig was doing, too. Yeah, Like, yeah. singing, like, a fucking... Like a singer, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Over, like, like that an kind actual of shit. singer. Like, like if, I don't know how Lower D made just like a regular fucking breakdown just sound like something revolutionary, but for some reason, like their chugs and shit just sound not like traditional. Like it sounds sick. Yeah, they were a dope band. Definitely didn't get their uh, comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, except for the drummer, I guess. Dude, I was tripping on uh, this homeless guy because I always encounter homeless people on the train. 
and this dude was total drug addict, but he had Pokemon tattoos. <laughs> and I was tripping because of how well they were done. Like, Damn. they were legit. Like, he had, like, Ghastly on him and, like, fuck, who else? It's, like, the bad Pokemon. Like, just not the, <laughs> like, the Team Rocket Pokemon. Uh, yeah. I was like, dude, well, you're out here shooting drugs on the train now, so I guess, like, that, <laughs> you really love that Team Rocket vibe, bro. Do you have, would you get any tattoos of, like, any sort of, like, pop culture shit like that? Of, like, poke, <sighs> like, you know what I mean? Like, a show you liked or, like, some shit, like... I just recently got a Simpsons tattoo, and that's, like, the first one I got oh, yeah, that was, yeah. like, oh, shit, like, that's a fucking Simpsons tattoo, you know what I mean? Like, and it's done pretty shitty, too. Really. And that, that's him in the corner, right? Yeah, like, yeah, he's just, like, a timeout, Bart. <laughs> what made you want to get that one? I just, I love the Simpsons, dude. That's, like, my shit. Like, literally, the first maybe 11 seasons, <laughs> I could, like, basically recite the script, <laughs> like, while the show's going on. Because growing up, like, my, I had a pretty strict grandma that would watch me. And she, like, didn't let me really watch anything that wasn't just, like, kid shit. Yeah. But she didn't know English. So, The Simpsons, she just saw it was a cartoon so like didn't she, think she didn't think it. anything of it just it's a cartoon so that literally was like my fucking holy grail <laughs> was like the simpsons and then like a little bit of king of the hill but i got into king of the hill later but the simpsons was like my fucking shit i love it yeah so to get like i would probably get another one <laughs> to get a simpsons tattoo is just like <laughs> i love the fucking simpsons yeah dude just the the way they're drawn is just iconic. Like I like following the Instagram pages that just get scenes of, of like random episodes oh, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. They're so fucking funny. They are. <laughs> yeah, dude. They 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 just like hold true to the te- the test of time. Like those first couple seasons are gonna be funny forever. Yeah. Like there's no sort of pop culture revel- relevance. There's no reference to like anything that's really happening in the world aside from like issues that everybody deals with all the time you know what i mean like so it's like it's always going to be relatable it's just fucking great yeah dude (laughs) they're fucking dope yeah it's sad that like it fucking sucks ass now oh it's just like like family it's It's like became like a family guy yeah version and it's funny because like i always was kind of like pretentious about family guy i was like dude that shit's stupid or whatever but I've been watching, like, earlier episodes with my homies, and, dude, Family Guy is fucking hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. Dude, it's so good, It's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, but they just get you, dude. You'll be fucking laughing. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember back then, like, it was just got played out so fast, like, Stewie was all, all over Hot Topic and fucking... <laughs> <laughs> when Hot Topic was starting to change? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I remember getting the fucking... That's where I would get my tight pants. Hey, dude, did my tight pants? <laughs> dude, did you ever have that studded belt? <laughs> I three? didn't. I actually did have the black and white checkers. But I, <laughs> you were the checker, dude. I had the checkered one. Yeah. <laughs> I never actually had a studded belt though. I was. I never like. Um, like I never had a scene phase. So, like, I never went through... That's why it's funny, like, this whole, like, when we were Young Fest, like, I was never really, like, an emo kid. Like, growing up, I listened to, like, I don't know, bands like uh, 
Interpol and Modest Mouse. Like, that was my shit. Like, I loved Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's. Yeah, yeah. And kind of, like, that's what I liked in high school. Uh-huh. And I never went through, like, I never, like, flat ironed my hair or nothing like that. Or, yeah. like, but I did really like my tight-ass pants, so that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, I, well, like, I have curly hair. Before, I think it was, like, more curlier, like, afro-y. And I was, like, a scene kid. But, like, every time I'll, like, have a crush on a girl and they're like, oh, my God, let me straighten your hair. I'll be like, hell yeah, sure. Yeah, fuck yeah, straighten that shit. <laughs> straighten that shit. Let's go. Before <laughs> class, dude, let's roll. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. Like, in high school, I was just, like, super fucking shy. If a scene girl asked to straighten my hair, dude, I'd probably, like, put my head down and walk away. Dude. <laughs> she loves yeah. you, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but, yeah, I was more into, like... I guess I was like, it's funny because like I, the only really that's why I like the bands I just named like Amorosa and Circa, Chiodos, those were kind of the only bands that I liked in that sort of like scene. So it's funny like I, I never really gave a shit about. Oh well, I did like Under Oath a lot, but that was kind of like it. Like I never really got into um, too much of that stuff back then. You're more of an indie head. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, and shit like I really like Nirvana. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. like yeah but um i saw everybody getting into it there's a lot of bands like that though like i feel like i'm a hater for saying i don't like them but like i really just don't like them like yeah. blink 182 is one that like you know they're like legends you know yeah. but, like not nah, i could care less about them <laughs> yeah dude I, I love all that shit man but i think it's only because like my uncle gave me a good charlotte cd at the same time, I was listening to, like, Himsa and, like, fucking Azalea dying. So, uh, like, yeah. I was just on different branches, but, like, that whole emo scene, like, I have that same Good Charlotte CD. It's so fucking good. The one with uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous? Yeah. Dude. All right, so. The Young and the Hopeless. I feel like that's before this, though. I loved that album, too, dude. I loved it growing up, and I put them in the same category, because I do love Sing the Sorrow by AFI. Uh-huh. And, I, and like... I feel like that's like the same as like some forty one, like uh, when they dropped like the Hell song, the one after Fat Lip. Like I loved that album too. I thought it was so fucking sick. But I don't put that in the same category as like Paramore and shit. Even though it probably should be right, like Hawthorne Heights and fucking a little bit. It's like not the same. Like Good no, Charlotte. That's more emo. This was like this is like pop. Like yeah, pop, pop. Like 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 for real pop punk. On the sense, when you say pop punk now, you just think of the story so far or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that, yeah, pop punk is never, I never really got into that either, except for like randomly Tiger's Jaw. For some reason, like, dude, I love that band. <laughs> I'm sure there's some dude who would hear that, you saying they're pop punk and just being, you're fucking wrong. Yeah, I'm sure there is, dude. <laughs> and like, I don't know what genre they are, but, um, Dude, they're fucking sick as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I saw them cool. open for like Touche Amora twice, and um, like I didn't even really care for Touche at the time I saw them, but Tiger's Jaw just like blew me away. They're fucking uh-huh. sick as fuck. Fuck yeah! And it's not a band that I would normally like be into, but like they were so good live. I feel like they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> which is like such like a random thing. I think. But, yeah, they're great. <laughs> That's fucking sick. <laughs> Well, fucking, we should wrap it up. Keep right. it short and simple. For Anything sure. you want to say? Nothing. Just um, you know, check out Bad Posture. Check out Pretzels, the band. Check out Good Villains, GVK, and uh, Bed Rest. We got an album coming out within 
within some time, you know, <laughs> hopefully in the next couple months. But uh, hopefully tonight. Hopefully tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Bed rest. Yeah. Check that one out. And um, yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Thanks. Man. It's cool. Chilling. <laughs>